0: Are you ready, kids? hi aye, aye, Captain. Look at me, Short.
1: Sure. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your host, Dano, and with me, as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Four fucking weeks, Dano. <laughs> yeah, boy.
0: Although what a fucking joke.
1: You want more. You want more. Yep, no, that's fair. All good. Anyway, we'll go on to uh, something a little bit better than the uh, Tom Stewart four-week verdict for Paddo. And that's... um, We've had a, another group winner that's won it multiple times now, Paddo. In our group. in Our a group very one. dear friend of the podcast. Yes, uh, Pantelis has scored 2,615. He had English. He held English. He's got Bond. He's got Wits. He had Clary VC. He had Laird. He had Vluston. uh Fuck, he, he had Dawson. He had everyone. So, yeah, he he's won it a second time. So, he's up there, up there now for our um prize at the end of the season. Paddy.
0: Yeah, I still think we've got someone ranked about
1: 10th. Yeah, that's true. We might have to do one for how many round winners we have and the overall winner. But I'll yep. suss that out, I'll suss that out. Anyway, we'll power, uh, we'll power through these injuries and suspensions and I'll let uh, Pato vent um, on the first one.
0: Oh, we're going to go, okay. So that <laughs> fucking dog that wears blue and white hoops got four weeks for that absolute coward's act.
1: Yep. Uh,
0: do we really want to address it, Dana, or we we moving his on? Name,
1: his name's Tom Stewart,
0: yep. Yes, that is his name. <laughs> Another he who shall not be
1: named. Oh you nah, nah, I, I, nah not that bad. Nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm
0: kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um he didn't grope anyone, so that's good. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, oh, no. I, I I think he's lucky to only get four, honestly, Dano. Um I, I think of the Bashahooli incident a few years ago when he wasn't looking at the Carlton guy. I should remember his name, but I don't, um, and knocked him out. He got four weeks for that and probably Maybe about right. Um, I, I think of the the Jeremy Cameron situation where he knocked out Harris Andrews, and I think that was a four weeker. Dano, maybe it was a five weeker. And so, what you want? Um,
1: but Stuart sounds the same as those ones.
0: No, so the difference is Jeremy Cameron at least had his eyes on the footy, mm. but then followed through at followed through and got uh, Harris Andrews. Yep. Yep. Um, Bashir Hawley had no eyes on his
1: player when he knocked him out Was that Jed Lamb? Tom...
0: Yeah, yeah Jed went, Lamb, yeah. yeah Yeah, he smashed yeah, no, the that's Lamb the out
1: that weekend yeah.
0: Yes yeah. Yes, anyway um, And no, no, I think Tom Stewart made no attempt to to get the ball absolutely lined Dion Prestia up and I don't know I just feel like
1: it should have been apparently it wasn't graded as intentional, Dano. and if that
0: wasn't intentional I don't know what is
1: yeah, okay. We'll move on. Tim English is going to miss another week, likely, with concussion, um, as per the Western Bulldogs' presses. So that doesn't look good for English owners like me. Um, but hopefully it's just one more week. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they've they've confirmed that he won't play this week, but they're pretty confident that he'll play next week. They're taking a cautious route only because he has had concussion history before, um, which was mentioned on this very podcast
1: last week. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we mentioned that. Yep. um, Zach Butters, test paddo. If you Realistically, people should have traded out Butters by now. But anyway, Zach Butters, test.
0: I agree. And I almost feel like he's still a trade out even this week, even if he does play. Because, I mean, it probably depends on your trade situation and what the rest of your team is looking like. But I don't think Butters is going to come back and be very good at all. I think Connor Rosie's sort of cemented a spot in that midfield. I think... Obviously, they've got Wines, they've got Boak, they've got Powpepper who runs through there. They've got Willem Drew who does a little bit of tagging jobs um, week to week. So, yeah, I, I think when he returns, he'll play forward because I think his lateral movement will be affected by that knee, just like it was last year.
1: Yep, yep. Dion Prestia, um, his head went into the clouds, so we don't know how long he's going to be out for.
0: I'd say at least two or three. Not a super relevant player, though, unfortunately.
1: Don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other one's Jared Lyons, and uh, probably a week there, Pato. Some people have him. Yeah, that's why Otherwise, he's on the run sheet. Yeah. Um, Probably very stiff to own him. He had a
0: brilliant year last year when talking super coach. But if you have Jared Lyons for sort whatever of reason, you probably have to trade him if you've got the cover donor, I think. Or maybe after an underwhelming year, maybe this is your opportunity to flick him off, even if it's for... Someone yeah. cheap, like a Petrarca, who I think is a really good trade-in option, Dano. We're not going to mention too much about midfield, but is going to explode, I reckon, for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, someone that's not going to explode for the next four weeks is Tom Stewart. So we're more focused on trade-in options for Tom Stewart this week um, because that's basically panic stations for everyone that we've spoken to <laughs> so far. So we'll do it like we did last week. We'll break it down into different... Like salary categories, so the first one budgets yeah, the first one we're going into is a 550k plus range, so we'll go over them, and the first one on there is Jordan Dawson at 593k now Paddo, 111 average 13% ownership, 74 break even, man's been a fucking beast, uh, 1235 round average and he's just doing everything at Adelaide and he's playing the way that we thought he would at the start of the year
0: yeah, I honestly think this is a better option than James Sicily, um, to be perfectly honest. So if you've got the 30k that that gets you from Stewart to Jordan Dawson and you don't already have him, 13% seems a little bit criminal, Dano, for a guy that is, as you mentioned, averaging 123 over his last five. Yeah, he's moving to that sort of floating back role. He's taking intercept marks, taking kick ins, um, and for a team like Adelaide, that's pretty attractive because they concede a lot of shots on goal. Yep. Um, I, I think it's the number one trade in option if you've got the, the coin for it, Dana. I don't know what you think, but
1: oh, I like it. Um, he's DPP as well, Pato. He is, which you never know when you'll need it. Bloody oaf. Oh, that was a really easy talk on Jordan Dawson. Let's move on to James Sicily, the one that you just mentioned. Uh, at 599k, 115 average, 49% ownership, 149 break-even, I think it is, Pato. Um, But, yeah. I, I, I'm liking the Jordan Dawson call a bit better than the James Sicily one myself. But, in saying that, Sis dog is fucking on heat this year. And... The only thing is he hasn't has he had his real brain fade moment. Oh wait, yeah, he got fined $1500 for removing a fucking headband.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird one. Yeah. Um yeah, look, he's been kind of down the last 3 weeks. Don't know. He's had 87, 116 and 98 in his last 3. Um I can't help but think there's a knucklehead moment coming. And the yeah. fact that Hawthorne are sitting low on the ladder. I feel like that plays into it as well and just means that he's probably potentially more sustainable, uh, sorry, susceptible to those moments. Um, Furthermore, he's got the giants this week. Uh, Matt DeBoer didn't play last week, but this has Matt DeBoer playing forward on Sicily written all over it. Scored 44 against the giants last time they played back in 2020. Um, Look, hopefully not. I am a James Sicily owner. Um, I think five ninety nine is probably a little bit too much to pay, Dana, Um, yeah. considering the risk. And if you're trading out Stuart, most people don't have a bunch of trades left. So just imagine if James Sicily has a brain fade moment and jump punches someone and ends up missing a couple of weeks, you're going to be kicking yourself if you brought in Sicily. So I think there's better options. And even for like 100 k less, which we're going to go through very soon, but not huge on James Sicily as a trade-in because just remember, yeah, he's averaged 115 on the year. You can't get those scores. You don't get those scores when you trade him in. Um, so Correct. when you think of the remaining, what, eight games of the season, Dono, I I get nervous at the thought of people bringing in James Sicily.
1: Yeah. Yeah, next one, we got Sam Doherty, 576K, 112 average, 28% ownership and 119 break-even. He only scored 91 on the weekend. But he had a fair few clangers, Pato. He had six clangers. He still had about thirty odd touches. Double digit marks. So he's still he's still going good. He's not going to do six clangers every week, is he, Pato? Nah, nah. The guy uses it really well. Um he does get attention
0: every now and then just because of how good he is. Um but still had thirty touches and fourteen marks, so I think it's a pretty solid option. Um, You you have to sort of wear the 80 to 90 scores every now and then, but at the same time, you'll get his 140s as well. So I really like Doherty as an option. I'm not a Doherty owner, and it hurts me to say that, um, but I think it's a great trading option.
1: Now, we're going to discuss Jack Sinclair at 577K, 110 average, 34% ownership, but he's got a break even 155. Now, team's... Starting to work out, Paddo, that if you tag Sinclair, you're basically going to win the game. Yes,
0: yes. I mean, how much of that coincides with Jack Steele being out as well yeah. um, remains to be seen because Jack Steele is pretty good at footy, don't I? Yeah. Um, however, however, um. Sydney tagged – well, call it a tag, is it a shutdown, negating, whatever it is. Um. Sydney sent Dylan Clark to Jack Sinclair on the weekend um, and he pumped out a 79 uh, teams are definitely working out that if you put a bit of heat on Jack Sinclair and not just let him do whatever he likes, um, that St. Kilda are pretty, pretty easy to beat because they rely on his sort of exit and drive out of half back. So honestly, I think this is probably the second worst option of this price bracket, Dano. Yeah. Um, and the second worst is probably Sicily. So I I would probably rank these guys, Dano Dawson, Doherty, Sinclair, Sorry, Sicily Sinclair. That's probably my order of these four, don't I? Um, I would probably avoid Jack Sinclair. I would not condone this at all.
1: That, that's fair enough. Anyway, we'll go to the 500 to 550K range. Now, the first one we got is risky as fuck, Pato. But the man just set a record for the most amount of meters gained in a game, and that's Aaron Hall at 508K, 105 average, 1.7% 1. ownership, so huge POD, 51 break even. Man got 153 on the weekend and he looks like an absolute slut. Yeah, this is absolutely for the gambling addicts around Dano. Um
0: absolutely risky. But yep. if it yep. all goes right, this will shoot you up the rankings. So I'm thinking we have that person that has um it is 10th ranked or whatever it is.
1: No, we got someone um, asking us um on Twitter who is in second. Yeah, in second place we're trying to catch number one. And he's asking, and that's a listener question for later on, but he's asking how to catch number one. Yeah. Um, This could be a move.
0: This could be the move, Dana. I absolutely agree. But I have to play devil's advocate because we are trying to give people the facts. Yep. This is a guy in his low 30s, early 30s, who has done two hamstrings this year. Made a tissue paper. And... It was a risk last year. Don't know. We jumped on him pretty early, but our teams were fucking cooked by then anyway, so we thought may as well. Um, Aaron Hall has the potential to absolutely shoot you up the rankings, but he also has the potential to ruin your team.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't think there's an in-between. He's either going to kill it and average 125 for the rest of the year, or he'll snap a hamstring halfway through a game on 40 and you're fucked and you're going to have to use another trade. So it might depend on your trade situation. But if you love a risk, and maybe if you don't have James Sicily already, and you need that high, high ceiling sort of defender, um, we know Aaron Hall's ceiling is fucking massive. Yeah. Um, Aaron Hall could be your guy. He's back to ki- taking kick-ins. Um, GWS tagged him for a ninety-four in his first game back, which is a little bit rough. Um, but then he had his buy, and he's pumped out of one fifty-three against Adelaide. So um, he's a slot. He, oh yeah, we know. We know. It's a little bit of a dance of the devil. Um, if you enjoy that sort of risque behaviour, then I'm all for Aaron Hall. But if you if it takes you to two or three trades left, I would not be touching Aaron Hall because you're probably going to have to use another one of those trades to get him back out.
1: These are, these are where the big players make their moves, Pato. I remember one guy um, traded out all of his trades by this point one year that he won it. And he just rolled the dice with freaking like Heath Shaw and shit like that, that were known for like brain fades and getting injuries and shit. And he ended up winning the whole thing. So it could pay off. It could, might not. Who fucking knows? We are not psychics. No one is. But these are the fucking the moves end- that, yeah, they can make or break it for you. And look, at if the you're end of the striking day- right ra- if you, pardon, if you're in striking range of number one and you've got to make up, I think it's like he needs 30 more than his opponent every week. Minimum, it could work. I agree. And honestly, honestly... Yep.
0: If you are in striking range, you may as well go for it because what's the difference between finishing 11th and finishing 50th because of an Aaron Hall injury?
1: I think it's like a KFC tracksuit.
0: Yeah, like, honestly, you (laughs) want to get in the cash, don't you? Yeah. So it may pay off, it may not, but I'd rather take a move like this and it fail and at least you can say, look, Gave I'm never crack. picking Aaron Hall again, but at least I had a crack as opposed to playing it safe, bringing in a Sam Doherty and then Sam Doherty gets tagged four times over the next eight weeks and gets 80s while Aaron Hall averages 120. So I oh. I just feel like if you've got the trades to cover it, if you're sitting on four or five injury trades, I think it might be worth the risk. Um And you you. Pocket about 70k from doing it as well,
1: don't I? Mm, yeah, high-risk, potential- high-reward type shit.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But you may as well. You may as well roll the dice, honestly. There's other ones here that we can go for as well um, that we'll discuss later. That a high-risk, high-reward as well. Um, we'll move on to Dan Houston, the next one anyway, at 535k, 106 average, 15% ownership, 107 break even. He's good price for his output, Paddo. A um, little bit up and down. Um, but yeah, his that's dependent on his role changing from fucking week in week out. So, yeah, he's he's having probably yeah, he's having his best season ever. But yeah, a little bit up and down there. But you, five thirty five k, it's it's okay. Not a sexy pick.
0: Yeah, this is a guy that's really good in multiple roles. So that's why it's a little bit risky. Um, he's doing great in the current role at half back slash wing. Um, sort of playing. That Jordan Dawson role, don't know, where he's fighting back and getting those intercepts, but then also responsible for that slingshot sort of attack from half back. But um yeah, not so sure about Dan Houston because of his um because of his <laughs> someone walked into the room. Yes, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> just just because he's um so good in, in so many different roles.
1: Yep, all good. All good. Uh, we'll move, we'll Sorry move everyone, on. my missus
0: just got home to say hello. But anyway, we're moving on. She's gone again.
1: No, nah, that's all good. That's all good. We're here for the family <laughs> shit. Um, Daniel Rich is the next one at five forty-three k, one hundred and two uh, average, nine percent ownership, sixty-five break-even. Again, not a real sexy pick, but there's something about the Rich pick that you'd want to discuss, Pato, with his recent form and how the Brisbane have been going.
0: Yeah, there's a direct correlation um, of Daniel Rich's scoring spiking a little bit and Brisbane losing a few games recently. Um, I think there's a little bit in it, Dano. Now, he mm. got tagged by the Giants, so we'll ignore that game. Did they lose to Hawthorne or did they get close to losing to Hawthorne?
1: Oh, I cannot remember.
0: Yeah, who cares? Because no one really cares about that game. But anyway, since the Hawthorne <laughs> game is gone, 127-55-119-119-135. So... There's a bit of a spike there in scoring, and I feel like Brisbane will turn it around, personally. Um, if you don't think Brisbane are going to turn it around, maybe this is the pick for you. Um, you brought know. in Rich for the run home last year, didn't you, Dano? Yeah, I like
1: I liked him um, last year, but, yeah, not, not a big fan this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the age is a slight issue. Um, I know he hasn't had a... a- a bad injury run for a long time, but the guy's 32 years old, played 260 games. So um, he did have a lot of soft tissue injury um, issues early in his career. Um, Actually only played 13 games in 2020, but he got 22 and 22 in the years before and after that. So he's been pretty consistent since his early days. So I look, yeah, I don't love the pick. I think there's
1: actually think there's better options for j yeah, you know, I'm. I'm. Before we talk about this next guy, imagine if the Supercoach introduced a rule that's like fantasy Premier League, where you could you could only pick three players from one team, or like four players from one team. You'd be fucked with Western Bulldogs players. That would actually be pretty cool, though. I don't mind the challenge of having to pick um guys from different teams. Yeah. Um. Because the reason why I say that is because we've got Bailey Dale next at five thirty-five k hundred and five average, five percent ownership. 117 break-even now. It's fairly boring, vanilla Well, not even vanilla. It's just a fairly boring pick. He's going to get between 90 and 110 every week. But too many fucking Western Bulldogs players that have got to spread the load. That's my issue with it. Paddo, your thoughts? I almost feel like we have to
0: ignore that because he's a an defender and we're not picking other defenders. It's all midfielders and... But it's
1: and a 3,300-point 3, allocation between two teams and the dogs. Like... I just yeah I don't I don't like too many Western Bulldogs. But you know what Dano? What? He's averaging
0: one hundred and five, playing in games where there's thirty three hundred points shared yeah, in every I single know. one of those games.
1: Imagine if he did. not I for the Bulldogs, I feel
0: like the Dogs are going to have a really strong run home. So mm-hmm. I f- I feel like it's a, it's a good option as as you said it's vanilla pick it's boring, but with Bailey Dale you know exactly what you're going to get. You're not going to get low-ceiling games. You're not going to get 60s. He's not going to get tagged. Um, but you're not going to get 140 games either. So just just know what you're getting with that. But if you've already got the big dogs, if you've already got Sisley, if you've already got Sinclair, um, maybe going safe with Bailey Dale is, is the answer.
1: No, I think the answer might be in our under 500K range, Paddo. And yeah, this, we, we'll go this over these guy. ones. Yep, yep. This one, it's finally time to strike. And that is Lockie Whitfield at 463k, 85 average, 13% ownership. Fuck. Yeah, right. Um, And 68 break even. He's three-round average of 107 since returning from injury. And Mark McVay is playing him the way that Stevie J and that played him in preseason, which is run wherever the fuck you want. And it's working for him.
0: Yeah, he's got free license to go wherever he
1: likes. Um, I'm not sure why you're saying this is the, the
0: perfect time, do Because the perfect time was a couple of weeks ago. I needed one game to see him and he was fine.
1: Nah, now's um, the perfect time. You've got, you've got your sample size now and it's good. Yeah, and he's a fantastic price. Oh, yeah, 463k. He's one of the ones that I'd be eyeing off um, as a Tom Stewart one. You free up so much fucking cash. Oh, and you can use that cash it's, to upgrade someone else that's fucking struggling in your team if you've got full primo.
0: Yeah, if you if you have the trades, Dano, I don't mind the move that goes Stewart down to Lockie Whitfield, and you can turn maybe a Crips or a, I don't love the idea of trading at Crips or Petrarca, but you can turn one of those two into Jack Steele, um, and I love that mm-hmm. move.
1: Yeah, yep, if you've got the great. trades, if
0: great. it's not going to put you down to under five trades.
1: Next one we got is Liam Baker, 493k, 81 average, 2% ownership, 64 break-even. I will let Paddo talk about him because he's raised his name a couple of times now. And he seems to be going well with his, what, 110 five-round average. Yes, yeah, so this is actually
0: a super interesting one, Dana. I feel like talk. I'll, I'll talk about it and then I'll go through it. But <laughs> 110 five-round average, I'm playing this halfback role. Now, Prestia went down. We all know about it. We all know it was a fucking Geelong robder. Anyway, um, Liam Baker was moved into the midfield, I know. Trent Cotchen didn't play. Prestia was our other inside ball. We needed someone to replace that. Guess who went through the middle? Liam Baker was the one that, that moved through that midfield and actually changed the game. He was part of the group that got Richmond back into the game. Um, we clawed our way back and Liam Baker was all amongst it um, with no Koch and no Prestia. We needed someone to step up. Otherwise, John is going to fucking destroy us. So Baker was the one. Um, I actually feel like this could potentially help Jaden short as well, because if Liam Baker is the one to replace Prestia in the midfield, Jaden short is even a smoky to move back into his halfback role. Now, after watching the VFL game, I feel like Mansell might be the one to come in for Prestia, and they'll just move Baker into the midfield and Mansell will play defense. And Jaden Short will be stuck in this sort of half forward kind of midfield rubbish role. But there's a, there is a chance that Liam Baker moves into the midfield and Jaden Short goes to back to half back. So keeping on team sheets for that one. Um, and the added flexibility with Liam Baker as well is that he's a forward and defense DPP. So Yep. As we said before, you never know
1: when you're going to need that. Yep, agreed. Next one we got, and is this guy back? We don't know, but fucking hell, he was good on the weekend. That's Jake Lloyd at 463k, 94 average, 12% ownership, 82 break-even. Can we trust him again, Paddo? Is it now time to strike? I would
0: probably need to see it again, Dano, honestly. Agreed. Um, this was absolute vintage Jake Lloyd. Yep. He didn't really get that many kick-ins though. Don't know. He got the same amount, so there was no absolute reason why he had a spike in scoring. It was just that he was playing the Saints, and he averages about four hundred seventy against the Saints. So the thing is, it's not it, like it wasn't the case of anyone not playing or anything like that. It was just a random spike game. So I would want to see this once more before I'm convinced that Jake Lloyd's back. And yeah, yeah, I
1: I, I need to see it again. Last one we got on our run sheet is Scott Pendlebury at four thirty eight K, ninety six average, three percent ownership, sixty break even. Now, Pado's gonna crunch the numbers for us, but fucking Collingwood are making a run for the finals, and he's been he'll probably play midfield. It's it's a tantalizing prospect and real homage to all super coaches everywhere to bring Pendlebury in into your fucking defence. Um, but, Pado with the numbers, what, what's going on? What happened last round with Scott Pendlebury for him to pump out a 130?
0: Yeah, so Pendlebury had 22 CBAs on the weekend and he scored a 130, which um, is obviously very, very good, especially for a guy that's priced at 438000 Yeah. As you, as you mentioned, Dono, Collingwood are actually looking pretty good as much as it pains me to say it, but they are looking great. And they are going to have a run at finals, which is crazy to consider... Um, after what we all thought pre-season. Mm. Um, and with Nick Dacos absolutely dominating that halfback flank, it actually helps McRae be confident enough to put Penderbury back into that midfield group. And they're going to make a run for finals. And if they're serious about squeezing into finals, uh, Penderbury is going to be the one that will lead that midfield group. So, look, it is risky. I Last year, I brought in Penderbury just after he moved into the midfield, Dano. He was quite quite cheap at the time. Yep. Uh, got got a few weeks of really good scores, but then he broke his leg and obviously missed the rest of the season. So it kind of burnt me from that. Um, it wasn't soft tissue. Scott Penderbury's not a guy that has struggled with tough soft, soft tissues. Um, he's coming into his 350th game very soon, Dano, which um, is an, an incredible effort for one of the AFL's best ever players, I think Dano Penderbury is an absolute star. Mm. Um it's a nice little vintage pick. Uh, I, I feel like Witchfield's a better option if you've got the cash, but Penderbury isn't a bad little alternative, and he's in 3% of teams, so it is a massive POD. Um, has the potential to be an absolute masterstroke. If he he can go 110. We know he can, um, but he may get thrown around a little bit as well. So risky, um, not quite Aaron Hall risky, but risky in its own sense, Dano.
1: Yeah. Yep, agreed. Now, we're going to go to listen to questions, and we've got a bit of our life on Twitter, so we'll go to Twitter first. So the first one's from Josh, and he said, Is Steel my best option? Have 559 k for a primo in any line. Now, his team, it looks like he's gone full primo in midfield, but one of his midfielders, Pato, is Sinclair. So And he's looking like he has a... He's got a primo missing... Only in defense. So he's got Weir, Skinner, and D'Ambrosio in defense. So, yeah, he's got... You can get 559 k in any line. I'd be tempted, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this. Get rid of Weir. I mean, he's making money, but get rid of Weir. Flick Sinclair into defense. Or you could get rid of Skinner and slip Sinclair in defense. So you got Weir and D'Ambrosio both playing. Um, and then get Steele in there. What do you reckon? Yeah,
0: I I do think Steele is the best option there. Um, I'm trying to think who is missing. Yeah, that's literally going to be the same midfield as mine if he brings in. I oh, know not Steele. Um, I've got someone else instead of Steele.
1: Anyway, like it doesn't matter. Shout out his forward line. He's got Dunkley Parker. Then he's got Harry Himmelberg killing it. Liam Baker killing it. So yeah, yeah. I, Isaac Henry though don't love that. Yeah, he's got English not stuck on the bench, but at least he's got cover. It is good to see a different uh, forward line, don't know. Yeah, he's actually, I've got I've got the same rucks after the whole Gorn situation and whatnot and freaking every ruck known to man going down. It's Sean Darcy and Todd Goldstein really brought it home last week, with their 117 and 120 each. I like, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I've still got that fucking flog, Braden Proust, so he better repay the favour this week. <laughs> and we've got DJ Will. What a fucking name, DJ Will. And he's got Hold or Trade Stewart going for overall score, by the way. And, and he said, and here I thought I was at full primo. Well, we're saying trade. I I think the rule is if if they're confirmed three or more weeks, you got to trade as a general rule. Do you agree, Pato? Yeah, I feel
0: like it's got to be a trade. Um, even if you got to you tap into one of your injury trades. Um, yeah, four weeks is one hundred percent a trade. I know it. It kind of hurts trading out a guy averaging one fifteen um, or whatever. Stuart's averaging, but you, you've got to you got to trade him. If you're going overall, um, I would be
1: tempted by Hall. Well You just said hold or trade, Stuart. So we're saying trade. Yeah, try. Listen, listen try. to this podcast and figure out who you want to bring in yourself. Um, Jay Peterman, who is ranked number two in Supercoach, said, how do I get ahead of Prestia's premiers who are in number one? Now, I'm going to shout out this other guy, Abdul. He, he actually calculated it for Jay and said, small wins is all he needs, 30 points a week over eight weeks will do the trick. How does he get 30 points a week more than... Prestia's premiers. I think they got very similar teams, Pato. That's the issue. He's gonna to have to find one where he thinks he can might might just have to do a round by round. Cool. Really? It's tough. It's tough being at the top.
0: Yeah, it, it could be a case of just making sure you're not risky with your captaincy picks. Yeah. Because Captain. I feel like Prestige's premiers being number one will have a lot of pressure to do something a little bit funky. Um and I feel like that could be where you maybe make up some ground um, as well as bringing in a haul. But obviously um, both <laughs> Pressies, Premiers, and Ray Magoo, which is Jay, um, they both have Stewart. So it might depend on who you go for. I actually think, um, Jay, you're advantaged by not having Jack Sinclair. I think that's a really good... Um, point of difference between yours and Caleb, uh, which is Presti's premier's team. So, if you can turn a Stewart into Aaron Hall, I think that could be enough alone to make up the thirty odd points a week, oh. as well as nailing your captain every week.
1: It could even be um, oh, who else? Who else did we say? There's even a Whitfield could help him improve another line. It could make up those thirty points. Um, you know what's wild? Mind.
0: He might not even have to do that trade to make up the points. Prestigious Premier's ruck yep. line is Wits and O'Brien. Interesting. And Jay has Wits and Darcy. I feel like Darcy over O'Brien could be enough
1: to at least make up 10 points a week. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And then the captaincy. Yeah, Jay, you don't have to do anything silly. Yeah, just, focus just play on... it safe. And, and there's one clear-cut VC or, VC or C option. I don't even know. If yes, we're... there is. No, VC, yeah. VC. We'll go through that when we get to it. Yeah, there's one clear-cut one, and I'm assuming Prestia's premiers will do the same thing. But if they don't, then you're in the box seat to take number one um, at one stage there. You might be able to, instead of averaging 30 more points a week, you might jump up to about 90-odd more points, depending on how he goes um in one week yeah what's what's super interesting is um jay has isaac heaney as a floating f7
0: and m9 which i think is a really strong position to be in yeah 100 really strong so that's his cover for team english and heaney plays in this week so that's a very juicy matchup oh yes very juicy matchup yeah um not for a captain or anything like that but just just to An to a get him in emergency yep 100 um Ollie Wine's owner as well, which is interesting from Jay. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I've there's there's some ways I think I I don't think you have to panic too much, honestly, Jay. Um, because yeah, Prestia's Premier's has Darcy Cameron and Adam Trelaw in forward line as well. Oh,
1: so no, I one. I would rather
0: be I'd rather be Jay in second and Prestia's Premier's in first. Big
1: call, palo. Big call. Oh, no, Jay's only... He, he can go up. The other guy has to sustain it. So, anyway, we'll go exactly. on to Nathan Scoble's <laughs> questions. Yes. Question, question of the week. Oh, was it two of them? The Two two questions. He goes, question for D-man. <laughs> That's me, I guess. On a scale of one to ultra complete fuckwit, how close does O'Halloran get to complete fuckwit? I actually don't think he is a complete fuckwit. He just had... Um, yeah, he did... Yeah, anyway... <laughs> But this one, I love this one. And another, if I may. If I may, I love your manners, Nathan. Scope. <laughs> I, I love I love your manners. Why is Isaac coming a bigger flog than O'Halloran? Well, I, and the hashtag is hashtag Guinea supremacy, baby. <laughs> well, I answered to this one already. I said I love Guinevan, but I love the Guinea versus Cumdog Dog shithousery comp even better because that was fucking beautiful to watch. Guinea absolutely sucked the shit out of fucking um, Come Dog and that was an intentional sexual pun. Um, <laughs> got him high, and he's like to high. You know he does it. So what does Come Dog do the next couple of plays? Fucking works out exactly how Ginnyvin does it, rams him into the ground, and he gets his head and pushes his head into the fucking dirt. <laughs> As he's getting up. This shithousery between the two of them was fucking magnificent to watch. I didn't even care the Giants lost. I just thought that was great. I absolutely agree, Dano. I,
0: as a footy fan, I love that sort of shithousery. I feel like the AFL needs more of it. I feel like they need more sh- shit-staring. It makes me enjoy watching footy games. I loved watching that Giants versus Pies game, Dano, as a mutual. Um, yeah. Even yeah. I don't I don't mind Jack Ginnavan. I, I I feel like
1: he's I a bit of him. fun and
0: I enjoy watching him play. Same as Toby Green. Um Toby Toby Green can tow the flog line. Um, but I don't mind it. Same as Sicily. So Sicily can definitely tow that flog line as well. But they play on edge and I love that. I wish Richmond had a player like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll go to fucking Facebook. Well, we've only got one this week and that's from Sam. He said, Short, with four out of his last six games under 90 points, is it something we should be worrying about? That's the first part of his question. He also said, same boat as Cripps. I don't think we can worry about Cripps, but Short, I am worrying about. But a lot of people are in the same boat. So kind of negates it in a way. Pat, are your thoughts? I feel like trading out Jaden Short could be an absolute mistake. Yep, fair enough.
0: Um, Because he could go back to playing half back and go back to averaging 110. Yeah. And I just think the yeah. risk outweighs the reward um, of using a trade that should be saved for an injury. Um, because at the end of the day, if you don't have any trades left, if you try to Jaden short to let's say Aaron hall this round, and it comes to round 23, you're in your super coach, Grant fine you're in a cash league, whatever, whatever you're in. Uh, and Rory Laird is a little bit sore. Being a bottom four team, they just say, ah, oh, mate, just just, um, we'll, we'll put you on ice for round 23. Do you want Judson Clark covering, who's probably not even going to be playing after this week? Do you want a bench cover, or do you want to so- save that trade? And you can turn Rory Laird into someone that's uh, a key forward that's playing North Melbourne, who will kick six goals, like Taylor Walker did. Um, I think Geelong have North in round 23. Actually, don't know. Mm.
1: Yeah, but I just look-
0: feel like I feel like the 90 odd that you'll get from short for the rest of the year, if he stays in this role, um, will be better than risking running out of trades. Um, it's a it's a trade you can look at doing maybe in round 21 or 22 if you've still got five trades. Um, but we saw last week just how quickly things can change. Most people thought coming out of the buyers, yep, team's full, blah, blah, blah. And then Braden, Proust, and Tim English both go down. Um, Proust with a suspension and Tim English with concussion. And English is missing two weeks.
1: Yep. Yep. Or look.
0: Tom Stewart's missing four weeks because he's a flog. Like, <laughs>
1: I just feel like you need to hold your trades at this point. Yeah. Look, I held my trades last week. It fucking killed me, though, to do it because I had to field in my forward line Judson Clark and. Butler from Hawthorne who got 24 and 26 res- like each and it killed it killed my round score but I needed I really wanted to hold on to those trades because at least like I thought Tim English would be back this week but he's not um, but anyway I can hold off for one more week but like y- <laughs> the rookies are run- starting to run thin on to as downgrade options as playing Um, except for maybe like D'Ambrosio or someone, but who knows if he keeps playing? I'm assuming he will. He was a fucking good kick. Uh, But there's not like there's like even even in the midfield, there's a lack of fucking mid rookies at the moment, Paddo, that are playing. So yeah, gotta hold your trades. You don't you don't want to trade short out and then fucking bring in someone else and then they get injured and then you just and then short goes back to defense like you said. Be fucking shit ass. Yeah. Yeah, agree, agree, um, and and if you don't
0: need your trades over the next three or four weeks, then great, that's awesome. Then you can target someone with a really good last three or four weeks, um, and that's where you can get your advantage in your your your, your matchups, your league matchups. Um, that's when you can target your key forward with a great last couple of games, like just things like that. So, yeah, yeah, hold, 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 um, save your trades for four week suspensions or injuries over three weeks.
1: Yeah, agreed. Now we're not called the Super Coach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest, so we've got a fucking great one this week but everyone will fucking know about him, but that's a bit further down in the rounds, but we'll start off on Thursday. Thursday night game. Again, Paddo, Thursday night footy, fuck yeah. Um, I love we Thursday got... night footy. What? I love Thursday night footy. I know you do. I know you do. Anyway, it's Brisbane versus the Western Bulldogs at the Gabba. Who would you have in this one, Paddo?
0: I just want to preface this by saying I think everyone should be holding their VC for Saturday afternoon, and What's here's
1: the... why. Oh, no, yeah, here. oh, I just yeah, want to explain I, it first.
0: Yeah. I know why. So if you put the VC on Daniel Rich, uh, not Daniel, well, I mean Daniel Rich, sure, Lockie Neal, Jack McRae, whatever, and they score 130, you're going to take that, aren't you, Dano?
1: Usually, yes. Yeah, I
0: feel like it's too risky because there is a certain absolute god by the name of Clayton Oliver, who yeah. has scored two hundred and four and two hundred and five over his last two games against
1: Adelaide in Adelaide, and his projected score is one hundred and ninety three. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. Yep, he averages
0: a lazy one thirty eight at Adelaide Oval over eight games.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So.
0: If if McCray goes, even if he goes 140, you're gonna you're gonna have to take that, and you will be kicking yourself if uh, if Clayton Oliver comes out and scores 180 because everyone's gonna be on Clayton Oliver. Fuck yeah! So better but off setting like,
1: Oliver.
0: Yeah, so I feel like you need to save your VC for Oliver. If that goes wrong, then we can work it out. Then we can target a camilla Miller. Um, we'll go through other options, but I feel like the play is save your VC for Oliver.
1: Yep, yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll quickly rattle off these other games then. Um, so we'll go with the usuals: Neils, your yeah, McRae's, your Bonts, and shit like that. But we're focused on Oliver, so we'll rattle through those games up until Oliver Pato. Yep. Yeah, um, I don't love
0: Neil just because it's against the Dogs, and I want to see some form from Brisbane before I trust the lucky Neil again. Um, Jack McRae is probably the one for me. I think, for memory, has a really good record against Brisbane in recent. Um, games. Yeah, 137, 183, 135 over his last three. So, if for whatever reason you don't have Clayton Oliver, I think he is your play. Um, he could well score 150-odd and, that, and that'd be great, um, but I just feel like Oliver's going to score more. Um, that's probably about it from that game. Maybe Bontapelli has a really big game. Um, I'm not sure they can send a Barry to Bontapelli because I don't think Barry can go with him in defence. Um, so, I feel like Bon will have a big game if you have him, um, and that's probably about it.
1: Yeah, um, Lucky Neil actually scores against the Western Bulldogs very well at um, the Gabba. I'm pretty sure too. So, yeah, what was his last one? Oh, there you go. His last one he played against the Western Bulldogs at the Gabba was one sixty seven. Yeah, twenty twenty was a bit of a different year though. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we will keep rattling. Because of, those of the off. shorter games. Carlton versus yep. St. Kilda on the Friday night at Marvel. Rattle a few names off there because we'll fucking speed run this until Clayton Oliver. So we got fucking Walsh. If Jake, if Jake Lloyd
0: can score 150 against St. Kilda, I think Sam Doherty can go 180.
1: Yep, fair. Fair. Jack Steele? Steele supremacy?
0: Uh, I think Hewitt goes to Steele. I think Cripps is probably the one. Yeah. Yep. All
1: right. Saturday, Essendon versus Sydney. At the MCJ, fuck, we could see a, a Callum Mills one sixty odd, and it still won't be enough.
0: Yeah, I, I like Callum Mills, but I, I don't. I, I still stand by the fact that you should be saving a VC for Clayton Oliver.
1: Yep. Okay. Um, Parish back, you reckon? Yeah. No. Uh yeah, he'll play.
0: Um, no.
1: Okay. Now, thirteenth for versus first four thirty five PM Adelaide Oval, the Adelaide Crows versus Melbourne. You got a VC, Clayton Oliver. <laughs> It's simple as yeah, that. Yeah, you've got to.
0: We don't even have to talk about anyone else, don't we? You've got to.
1: Yeah. Rory Laird could pump out another 150, but Oliver. Yeah, but it
0: still won't be enough.
1: Yeah, okay. So, now we've instructed everyone to use their VC on Oliver. <laughs> we will now go on to C options. This one's a pretty quick turnaround, though, and I don't like anyone in this game. Geelong versus North What do Melbourne. you mean? Oh. You're going to say Aaron Hall. No. No. Who do you no. like in the Who do you like in this game, Geelong?
0: So, Tex Walker scored one hundred nineteen, making six goals against North Melbourne. If for whatever reason you have Tom Hawkins or Jeremy Cameron, I think they're pretty, pretty locked in for really big scores. I think Geelong could win Too this risky. by about one hundred and fifty. Too risky. Too risky.
1: Too risky. I don't You're think this. do You want a decent, solid. See backup that you can rely on and trust.
0: North Melbourne had their probably best defender return on the weekend and they played
1: him at full forward. While Tex Walker kicked six goals, three. I'm just going to say I don't like anyone in this game. Okay. Yeah. You've gone with Cameron and Hawkins, I've gone with no one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it, yeah, the same,
0: same time this game, this next game, and I like, really like someone in this game.
1: Yeah, same. So we've got the Suns versus the Pies, 11th versus 7th at Metricon. Who do you have in this one, Paddo? Who do you like?
0: Uh, so earlier this year, Tuke Miller scored 160 against Collingwood. Bang. Um, yeah, I feel like that's the play. Um, that game is at the G as well. So up at home, Tuke Miller, um, I feel like can have a really nice score. This is probably my backup captain option if uh, Clayton Oliver somehow gets injured.
1: Yep, uh, agreed, agreed. Any uh, any others in this one? Don't mind a wits, Pado, yeah. against Cameron. Maybe, maybe, uh-huh. maybe, but I prefer to. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh Sunday, fucking the Sunday League. Oi, <laughs> Richmond versus <laughs> West Coast, MCG, Sunday Fun Day. Fuck yeah. Who do you have in this one, Pado? Because. This game is... Actually, I'm going to say something. West Coast are starting to play good. They're still shit, but they're starting to That's... get it together. I actually tipped them on the weekend, don't and they knocked off Essendon? I I was 50-50. I didn't know who to pick, because West Coast showed a fair bit against Geelong, and I was like, oh. And then I stupidly went Essendon. Yeah, West
0: Coast are getting a lot of their senior players back, so I feel like they might scare some teams on the run home. That's probably not Richmond on on Sunday. Um, Jaden Short had a really big game against West Coast. I know no one can trust him with a captain, so no one's doing it. Um, But Short scored 152 against them earlier this year.
1: (laughs) I don't mind Liam Baker, but again, you want a solid, reliable C option. Liam Baker probably Nick Nat's also there. um apparently returning this week as well. So, N- Nankervis isn't a great option either. Are you 100% sure that Nick Nat's returning this week?
0: West Coast have announced it.
1: Oh, shit. Hang on. You keep um going through shit while I quickly... Dano's going to gonna go
0: claim Nick Nat off waivers in his draft
1: league. Free agency if he's there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, Nick Nat's no, returning. No, he's been
1: claimed. Of course <laughs> no. he has because West Coast have already, already announced it. I'm too slow. I'm too slow today. No, yeah. Shit times. I drafted him um, with my second pick and I had to release him this year. Fuck. No, all good.
0: Anyway, so the next game on Sunday is the Giants versus the Hawks at Giants Stadium. Dano, yeah,
1: who do you like? Not many.
0: <laughs> Braden Pruce?
1: Oh, t- fucking. uh oh, Nah. Nah. Can you trust Bruce anymore? Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All I know is Hawthorne are playing bits as in the ruck this year, so I think I'll just trust him with a with a hopefully decent score on my field. Maybe wishful thinking more so than than fact, but I hope Josh Kelly bounces back with a nice big game.
1: What is his um rating versus Hawthorne? I'm actually intrigued. His rating? Yeah, like what is he average against Hawks? Let's have a look. Oh, here we go. Pato's on something. 2021-103. 2020-122. 2019-154. So he hasn't dropped below 100 against Hawthorne in three games.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird, though. Inside mids have struggled a little bit against Hawthorne this year for some reason. Mm. But I guess Josh Kelly's
1: playing more of an outside role this year, isn't he, Dono? Well, he... He did get one hundred and fifteen still against Collingwood, so it's like not shit house.
0: Oh yeah, I was happy with one fifteen. That's fine when I've got Crips and Petraka scoring nineties.
1: Yeah, so uh, I don't, I don't know who else I like to be honest in in that game. Whitfield yeah. could get off the chain, maybe. Yeah, he's got a license. And but, Cogs. Uh, Cogs is the anomaly. He's fucking playing well, but then he's gonna also have those games where he just gets like a a seventy or something.
0: But he hasn't shown that that floor since McVeigh took
1: over. Yeah, we'll have we'll have a quick squeeze at when McVeigh took over. 185 140. against Brisbane, one seventy-four against North, one thirteen Western Bulldogs, one oh nine Collingwood. So he has shown he has that floor. Like in the 80s, yeah, probably not captaincy worthy, though. No, that's what I mean. He's, I don't think he's captaincy worthy. Um, next game, next game, last game of the round. This one's got just quick, just quickly. No, no, yep.
0: If Toby Green did what Nat Five did on the weekend,
1: oh, don't get me started, don't get me started. Nat Fife is a brown low medalist.
0: Is, does that give him license to touch umpires, or is it just because it's Nat Fife? He was pushed into it. Yeah, but Toby Green was pushed into when he touched the umpire in that final I know, final but no one,
1: no one thinks of that.
0: Like, am I missing something here, Dano? Or is it just the name?
1: I think it's... I, yeah. Imagine
0: if Toby Green did what Tom Stewart did. Oh, yeah, he'd be fucking gone for like six to eight. He'd get a 12-week ban. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Even if Tom Lynch, Tom Lynch has that similar reputation as well. If Tom Lynch did that to Tom
1: Stewart, anyway. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Um, fuck, AF, fuck the AFL and their DeLong Boys Club. <laughs> anyway, there's Frio versus Port. Um, There's one person, there's one player that I like. He doesn't have a good scoring history, though, against Port, but that's Sean Darcy. Like, who, the, he, fair... who the fuck is he going to ruck against? Finlayson? Scott Lysette. No, it's is got Lysette. Lysette back. Is he back? Yep. yep. He's going to be underdone as fuck.
0: Yeah, no, I like your thinking. Um, If, for whatever reason, Lysette doesn't get up, or maybe they send him to play Sample for a week, Um, Sean Dice is a great option in the last game of the round. But, um,
1: yeah, no, I don't love it. Yep. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Anyone else? Andy Brayshaw? Uh, Brayshaw.
0: Yeah, Brayshaw might be a decent option. Wines? Yeah, actually, Wines isn't a bad shout. Um... Can you trust him with a captaincy, though, coming off a 90?
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you can't find a, ga- a captain out of the the Gold Coast or Giant
1: game, then yeah. Here's he a player, though, that uh, scores really well against his opponent. That's Travis Boak. Is that Clayton Oliver? It's Travis Boak. He loves yeah, playing nah. Frio. Yeah, but... but another
0: one that just isn't scoring high enough to be able to trust a captain on him.
1: But let's hope that Clayton Oliver just gets off the chain and we don't have to worry about it. We won't have to worry about it. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Wouldn't it be nice? Anyway, Pardo, got anything else to say? Uh, fuck the AFL. Fuck Tom Stewart. Fuck Geelong. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fucks. That's fuck, a lot of yeah,
0: fucks. it is. <laughs> um, What's your Twitter handle? At C. So, yeah, come at me Geelong yep. fans.
1: I don't like you <laughs> talking to inbreds usually, but feel free to cool. come at me. Cool. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pado, And this is us signing... The fuck off. Fuck John! Fuck Tom Stewart. Fuck the AFL. Fuck, fuck the Toby Green tax. What the fuck?